Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. Today I have a very special, interesting guest because you know I usually have actors come in and tell you their stories and their successes and their, you know, training and blah de blah blah. But today we have a manager and he was an agent and now he's a manager and super successful, been in this business for many, many years. And help me welcome the one, the only, Michael Greenwald. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm good, Sherry. <laughs> awesome. You know why it's I'm been, laughing? Because Michael just told me an incredible, incredible story. <laughs> it's been an incredible day. I've had incredible news today, so I'm very, well, very happy. We're going to share that news. He just got. He had valeted his car, and the restaurant closed, and he couldn't get here, and it became a frustrating situation. But we have to laugh at those little things That's because all life good. is so, you know. Life is crazy. I actually, I I wasn't thinking about that news. I was actually thinking about the news that I just told you that I have a client who just booked the lead opposite Alfred Molina at the Pasadena Playhouse. Which is very exciting. she comes out of Yale and Ah. she's also in the mix for the new Macbeth movie that Joel Cohn is uh, directing. Um... And uh, it stars Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. It's so amazing. And don't you, as a manager, don't you get that thrill when your actors, they train, they study, they work hard, and they book it. I'm What's very, that feeling for I'm you? I'm very Tell excited me. about that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it comes from a place of passion. You know, when you want to help artists and, uh, you know, and you develop their careers and you give them, you know, good advice along the way. And then when great things happen, it's, it's, it's really nice to see. And um, But it's an elevating, it's your heart. Doesn't your heart just like sing? Isn't it, it just get... Just as excited as the actor gets, I would imagine you as oh, well, yeah. because it's, I know you, how passionate it's, it's you are. Thr- it's thrilling when when great opportunities come, and I think part of it is is also in this business, you know, there there's a lot of trials and tribulations of um, rejection that uh, we all go through, and you know, we get excited about something, and they put you on watch and advise, or you know, and and they end up making an offer to somebody else, and you get real close, and and those are things that you just have to look at from the positive perspective, glass half full, where mm-hmm. you're. You're, you're building fans and you're building relationships and you're not always auditioning for that role that you're going in for. What you're auditioning for is you're going in for the next 10 projects that that casting director or that director is working on and you're leaving a lasting impression for them to think of you for something else. And so, I think that's that's where we have to sort of you know, move on. But it is exciting when, when people get great things. Huh. And so today's been a great day. Um, yeah. I've got four clients in the mix for the new uh, Joel Cohn movie. And yeah. uh, Macbeth is one that I think but everybody let's just wants talk to about, be a part of. Which we're very happy that your clients are working. Yep. And, and you guys can look him up. And he's a very successful manager. But tell me how it was and how you got started as being coming into the world of being an agent and then parlaying into the more intimate area of being the manager, which I feel like is your calling because yeah. you're such a caring, passionate person about the artistry and the and the work and about you know the business that I feel like you need to be hands-on sure. in, in the sure. job that you have now. So tell us. Well, I mean, I first started out, uh, I started my career in, in um, I was trained as an art director in New York and uh, worked, um, you know, as a photographer and uh, always worked on film sets. 
and and really had a passion for for film and, and television and theater and um, you know moved my career in, in, a, in a direction where uh, I took a job working for an agent out in Los Angeles after years of working on films mm. for Woody Allen uh, working I worked at the Brooklyn Academy of Music and Lincoln Center and I did work at MTV and I did all this cool work in New York mm. um, but I at some point realized that I, I really wanted to represent artists and that was partly because I had come from an artist background mm. and uh, coming from a family of lawyers I just I knew that I didn't want to do that and <laughs> which is performance which is great which yeah. is great but I, what I realized was that I was able to merge my my true life experience growing up with a family of lawyers um, both my brother my father my grandfather they all you know came out of Harvard and and um, out of Cornell and I just I didn't want to do trial work but what I realized was I could merge the arts with the idea of representing artists and helping give them career advice and helping them negotiate their contracts which is and that's kind of naturally where it sort of came into yeah. play for me yeah um, so I, I, I worked for a very boutique agent out here when I first started and uh, she was amazing she represented amazing uh, stage performers um, and uh, that was a great experience. And then I went on from there to work for some of the bigger agencies like Paradigm. And then I worked at Buckwald. And um, I stayed at Buckwald for almost uh, two decades. Wow. I was there and became the vice president of the talent department. Mm. And I think it's a natural progression to go from the agent business into the management business. Mm. And I think that the best managers out there are the ones that have experience and have the background in the agent world. And, and that's so kind of how I ended up yeah. in the management business. Let's define for our listeners the difference between an agent and a manager because it seems like you need to know all the necessary paperwork, filling out you know, the negotiation tools as an agent versus the manager is a little bit different, yes? They're, you know, they're... Or is it the, melded the, together? The agent and manager... Um, business is very similar in a lot of ways. Um, there, there was a, a very powerful agent by the name of Mike Ovitz at CAA that branched off from CAA and started a company called AMG many years ago. And that kind of launched the management business. And the reason being is that the agencies and the agents are bound by SAG union rules. Mm -hmm. And uh, guys like Mike Ovitz realized that, you know, starting management, um, he, he could be bound by his own rules and he wasn't bound by SAG. And so that it allowed him not only to continue to represent talent, uh, but he could also produce. Mm. And that was one of the big reasons why a lot of um, you know agents and agencies kind of merged into the management business. And so, you know, I think that... Because they um, didn't feel that they, they could do both. That wasn't allowed? What was it? No, it was like, it, it was like you, were either, you were either an agent and you were in the agency business and you were bound by SAG rules, um, which meant that you cannot produce or ah. you became a manager uh, where you can still give them guidance. And I think, I think that in this business, things with the internet, things started to move so fast. Mm -hmm. And um, I think actors realized that they really needed a team. And it was about building a team. And so it, it became this natural progression. Uh, managers had a lot more time than the agents mm -hmm. to work one-on-one -on -one with the performers and with the actors. Um, you know, giving them this, this career advice, 
um, helping them with their agencies, create opportunities, uh, work on the contracts of negotiating their deals. Um, but does the manager doesn't make doesn't do the contract? The agent does the contract, or you work together as a group? Well, I, I you do work to collectively, and um, uh, you know I I as a manager always review the contracts for the performers, mm -hmm. um, the the agencies um, uh, most of the time negotiate the deals. Um, but then there's also a lot of uh, agents like myself who uh, managers like myself who um, have. Um, created agency licenses so that they can oh. negotiate as well and, um, and and it is a little bit of a trend um, not everybody uh, has that um, but the bottom line is is that I, I work collectively as a manager uh, with with my clients with talent agencies and um, and I think that the the agents and the agencies really appreciate working with managers that really understand what their job is and what their business is mm -hmm. and so that I, I, I know how to sort of navigate with them to to be a participant in the performer's career mm. um, as opposed to be mm. the manager that's what agents would say are the annoying manager. Right. And there's well, a, and big, and there's a that, big difference. What does that mean? There's a big difference. When they difference. say that. I, I, think, I think that that when they say that, they say that because... It's it's the it's the managers that have become managers that have never really had the experience of agenting, and they don't really know how hard that job is day to day. And I feel like you know when I come on board with a performer's uh, career, um, I I try to create. Um, you know other revenue streams and I try to help them with their marketing mm -hmm. of their careers and strategize with them mm -hmm. and I want to be an added um, asset, factor yeah. and asset in their in their career mm -hmm. um, whereas but where some people don't have the training of agenting agenting they don't know some of the what what's they, the they don't they don't, they don't really know how to they don't really know how to navigate with the agents I mean you know sending sending an agent I'll give it a simple example. Yes, sending good. an like send, to hear that. sending sending an agent, you know, um, a a uh, breakdown that they saw in a role that is right for the the, the actor um, is something that we see every day, and and there's lots of opportunities that you know performers see in the breakdowns and they hear about. But at the end of the day, you know, casting directors they only have a short window. They only have so many people they can see. There are far more actors out there that are going to get the opportunities mm -hmm. on each and every project. Mm -hmm. And so I think working collectively with the agent to create the opportunity is much more important than sort of, you know, knocking on the agent's door and, and, and bugging them each and every day about an opportunity for an actor as opposed to uh, figuring out how, how do we create the opportunity for the client together. And it's about teamwork and it's yeah. about you know who's going to send the email who's going to get on the phone and, and and talk to casting who's going to call the producer or the director to create an opportunity and i think that's really what it's about yeah and and i think that um you know uh there's the mom and pop managers out there mm -hmm. they're the ones that decide they're going to open up a management company and have never had the experience of um, they, negotiating, they, negotiating. They don't. They don't really understand the lingo. They don't understand um, the deal making. They they've decided that they've become um, 
a manager because maybe their 12 year old daughter got into mm-hmm. acting and they decided they're going to manage their daughter. And then there's all this, so much more and to then, it. And then all of a sudden they decide, Oh, maybe I should open up a management company. And th- those are, those are managers and there are those that are great and they can, they can give you guidance of what to wear to an audition, but mm-hmm. that's not really what we do. I mean, what we do is we really give career advice and we help with creating the opportunities with the team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a prime example is, you know, I have a client, who is Canadian-based, he moved to Los Angeles, and um, you know he now has representation in, he is an agent in Canada, he has an, is an agent here in Los Angeles, and he has an agency uh, that's collectively working with him with the, with the agent uh, in Los Angeles that they have a relationship with in New York. And now there's four teams collectively creating opportunities for this client. Mm. And uh, you know, we, we figure out um, you know, as a group, you know, if, if it's an LA-based project, and it, and it obviously goes through the LA agency. Mm-hmm. But we're all working collectively towards the, the common goal for the client. Which is for the client to have abundance of work. Exactly. And so what people don't know about you is that you are so overly passionate. And in your personality, um, you come off strong sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, me, I freaking love it because I come off that way too. Why? Because we are so passionate. And you are the kindest human being and the most open and the most caring. And I'm not just scratching your back. I say it because in boldness comes abundance. And you're the way you are. Because when I send people your way and you ask me a million questions about them and I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't want to go <laughs> deal with that. But then I think on the other side of it, you care so much and you bring into your world the people that you really believe in. So my question to you, what makes you attract to certain artists that make you want to bring them into their world? Uh, I, I have to be passionate about them. I, I have to feel like I really believe 100% in them. And you know, the only way to get to know performers is to ask questions as a representation. Mm-hmm. Not only do I wanna see the work, if I can see the work on the stage, great. If I can see the work you know, in film clips, um, you know, uh, from 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 doing film or television, fantastic. But I also want to know a little bit about their their background. What's their skill set? You know, what what makes them stand out from other performers? Mm. You know, can can they sing? Okay, great. Can they sing? They can sing like Glee, or can they belt and do Broadway like Hamilton? Because there's a big difference. A lot of people say they're singers, and then you get them up for a role in Hamilton, and they call me up and they say, "Oh my God, I I, I can't belt." Yeah. And so there's a difference. So you're between looking for that. qualities. I'm looking. I'm looking for qualities. I'm but looking for skill sets. But there's an essence when you meet them. There's something that there, attracts you. What is that? Do you, can you pinpoint that, or is it just different with every single person you meet? Is there a power in their personality? Is there? Um, it, there is a difference. A confidence. There's a confidence for sure. There's a confidence, but I think that also, uh, you know, with young development clients that you're mm-hmm. developing, you know, you, you're I'm I'm probably a little bit more lenient with, and I'm a, a little bit more easygoing because mm-hmm. they're green and they're new and they're mm-hmm. learning these things, and and uh, it takes them time. But there's there's usually a spark with them, and um, you know, uh, there there isn't there isn't a desperateness. There's a confidence, mm-hmm. is what there is. There's a want that's confident. A yeah. confident want. That you can tell they want it, but they believe in themselves without even knowing what's about to come. They, <laughs> they, yeah. They never, they never want or need the job. They figure out how to be the solution to the problem mm. that the casting or the director or the creative theater director is looking for. Mm. And there's a big difference. Mm. Um, and I, and I think that, um, you know, I, I do, I do want to know a little bit 
of, of, of who I'm going to represent in their backgrounds, what what accents can and so they do? You what as languages a, you can as a they manager, speak? you take on all. I mean, serious regulars that are really abundant in their work, and you take on um, new, new, just green actors that are just starting and help guide them. Are you open to all of it? I'm, I'm open to it. I'm probably uh, selective on the development side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, you know, as an agent, I was always very selective. I took one or two clients every year on as development clients, mm-hmm. and it really was amazing to watch how. Um, it was, you know, it was a committee when I was at the agency business mm. where, you know, we would sign people as a team mm. and, you know, a committee of, of 10 agents mm. that would have to make a decision so as what to would whether happen? we were going to represent someone. Someone would come in, they do a piece for you, they show you the reel, they have a, a meeting and then you guys huddle together? Tell me. Well, it, it actually is one step before that. It's usually, uh, you know, we would have one particular day a week where it would be our pitch meeting or once every two weeks. And, uh, you know, each agent would come in with one or two people that they were going to pitch to the group. Mm. And we would have to do a presentation. And oh. presentation, you know, was important. You know, uh, showing their work, showing, showing their work on camera um, and, and talking about the work that they're working on. Um, if, if they're an established actor and they're, and they're on a recurring role on a series or, or they're just graduating from a program like Yale or Juilliard or Carnegie Mellon and we would have to actually physically pitch them to the group and then get a consensus as to whether the group wanted to meet the performer. And then, then we would set up the meeting where the actor would come in and sit down with us and we would go through um, a conversation uh, at a round table with, with the performer and each and every agent had an opportunity to ask questions and, and then collectively once that meeting was over we would sit in the following meeting and we would discuss all the clients that we had met mm. and decided whether or not we were passionate enough as a group. And did it have to be as a group everyone had to say yes or could it be 5-4 could it be 3-2? Mo- most of the cases honestly it, it would have to be like 8 out of 10 act. 8 out of 10 agents would have to agree. Okay. And that's a tough room. Yeah, that's you know? tough. And, and most of the time we, we wouldn't meet somebody unless it was a group consensus. And, you know, if, it, if there was one person that wasn't, uh, you know, interested, you know, a lot of times they would say something like, well, you know, I'm not that passionate, but I will support the group because mm-hmm. obviously everybody else is. So yes. I'll support it. Right. Um, but if but if it was a split room, you know, chances are we wouldn't take that meeting. And now as a manager, you meet with yourself and you uh, can say, hey, how do I feel about I, I, myself, you know, Michael? I, I actually I do. <laughs> it, it is it is my it is ultimately my decision of, of who I sign. Um, and, uh, but I do, I do have a team that I, I, I run by the presentation because mm. I, I still want a consensus that, uh, people on the team who are working with me, um, can give their insight of whether they think they're talented or whether they think that, that there's, uh, you know, an upswing potential with yes. them. So, um, but, but, you know, I, I enjoy developing young talent and, um, you know, I've represented some of the clients I've represented for. Uh, over 20 years. Yes. I have probably a handful of 10 clients, uh, at least over 10 years uh, to 20 years. And in fact, you and I uh, mutually, now that I'm thinking about it, shared one of my first clients Who that I ever it? signed. The first actress that I ever signed as an agent was Laura Bell Bundy. <gasps> my favorite. So I was I love her, I was her first. Yep. I was her first agent. And it's always six degrees in this town. Yep. Six so degrees of separation. I represented her for at least a decade. And, uh, you know, Put her on Broadway in Legally Blonde, and you know she she obviously earned that, and uh, she did Wicked, and she did Hairspray. Yeah, she's an amazing actress. She's in television, all all over the place. That's amazing. 
Um, what is some advice you could give actors to get there, to be ready, to get people interested in them? What are three things that they could do, you know, training and what could they get together to be super prepared and confident at the same time? I mean, I definitely think working on their craft is the most vital part. You got to do the yes. work. You got to do the work. You got to do gotta, the work. You got to go to class. You got to go to class. You, you have to stay in, stay in a program like Sherry's. Uh, work, work with her one on one when you get a chance to. Um, you know, really work on your skill set. And you know, I, I think I can't stress enough the importance of uh, obviously. You know, if you if you're uh, lucky enough to be able to have the opportunity to go to a Vassar college like I did um, mm -hmm. and, and study with some of the great, you know, actors, uh, coaches, uh, and then and then go off and, and, and work when you come to L.A. with with uh, private that, coaches. So, yeah. I, I mean, the I didn't training. study acting, but I was around the theater my whole life. And so. Well, let me just interject the theater yep. training is and in college and going to college is very important in my world too because i think it trains you to be a fuller person so i think it gives you uh ability to to learn about yourself and to find out more about yourself and to have the deep theater training which of course the resonation and the voice and all the 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 sculpting of the inner life of the character which you continue your training here with me at my studio or other studios and you do have to make the adjustment but the skill set becomes ingrained in you. Absolutely. And you become more malleable. Absolutely. I mean, just even in our initial conversation about the good things that happened today, I mean, just reading on The Father, which is a, a major show, uh, <laughs> you know, play at the Pasadena Playhouse with Alfred yeah. Molina, and also Macbeth, which, you know, Joel Cohn is doing uh, as a director. I mean, they're looking at stage theater trained actors for that, people who have, who have studied Shakespeare. And... And I so the, the undergraduate or graduate programs, um, and and you know there's there's a short list of you know 15 schools that I totally would recommend, and those are the programs that we really look at. So you believe talent. in education? You believe in it? Absolutely. And I agree. But we, I sidetracked you on the notes. So training, and what are the kind of training? Studying the craft. What are the kind of preparation or having the right picture? Having the right piece Stay, of tape? Staying in physically in uh, physical great. Uh, health and condition. Yeah, I mean, whatever being, fits being, your body being, type. Being red, yeah, exactly. It doesn't really matter what that is, but feeling great within your own self, mm. um, constantly working on on both your physical self and your spiritual mental self. You you've got to be ready for it. So I, I I stress upon that all the time with performers, and I think also you know if there's special skill sets of things that you can learn, and I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I, I have a client. Um, who is of Latino descent? You know, born in born in the in the U.S. and doesn't speak Spanish. And the roles come up all the time where they want her to come in. They want her to be able to do a standard American accent, which she can do. And then there's moments in the scripts, or the material where they're Spanish. So you know, she and I have had long discussions over it, and she's spent the last year and a half, and now she's really proficient in mm. her Spanish language. And those kinds of skill sets are so important. And it, and it doesn't matter whether it's athletic skills or whether it's language skills or whether it's uh, learning various accents. All of those things come into play as a performer in one way or another. So keeping yourself well-rounded. And, and studying, I think, the difference between comedy and drama and the things that you have to do to, to well-round yourself in those 
disciplines. It's a lot of work. It is you have a lot to, of work. And you have to put the time and energy into the work. There's a lot of people that drop into LA. They come here and they think, oh, I'm going to be an actor. And <laughs> <laughs> they've never done it before. You know, and they might have a good look, but they, they don't really understand. And, and, and when, they, when they start to go out and audition, uh, you know, and they realize that, you know, they're competing with so many well-trained, you know, thespians, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it doesn't always happen that way. And, and, you know, one of the things I was going to say earlier is that yeah. when, I was, when I was an agent, um, you know, we, we would get to develop uh, very few clients, whereas I could develop a lot more now as a manager. But some of the some of the clients that I developed, I just had a vision for. Mm. And um, Olivia Munn was one, mm. um, and it was amazing to watch her because she came here and she was a host for like CBS Sports, and oh. and she did a lot of uh, hosting work first. And you know she had a great look and a great you know smile and. All of those qualities, but she really didn't have the acting skills at that mm, time. Mm. And it was a slow development process for her, you know, working her way from, you know, starting out in, in doing print work and commercial and modeling into the hosting work and and then going in and auditioning for film and television, which she later went on to, you know, book an NBC series and, and then went on to do big studio movies. Yes. And you look at someone like her career. Um, you know, and there, there are many others like that who just, you know, um, were, were clients that we developed yeah. and it, and it took a long time for them versus the clients that we signed out of Juilliard or Yale or Carnegie Mellon or some of these other programs that they just, they just immediately But had what's the skill so interesting set. is they have a skill set, but then she got the career. So it's what's to say that you have to believe in your work and the passion of your artistry because don't you agree that it is a career where you can be the best and never work and you can be you know in the middle and still get a lot of jobs do you agree with that philosophy or do you think the cream just rises to the top and some people are luckier um i i think it's important to have the 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 skill set and the training oh a thousand And and i think and i think working on the craft is the most important aspect and i think that there are those those of us that are 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 gifted mm-hmm. you know gifted a good look or gifted mm. a certain um quality that is very charismatic that that works and and we see it all the time where we we see actors who you know have unbelievable training like the Jodie Fosters and the Meryl Streeps of the mm-hmm. world and then and then and then you have those that you see and you're like wow they're just like incredible eye candy <laughs> and everybody wants to watch them and we see how they've had success and it depends on but they also know, once they get the success, success though they actually do drop into the world or else they wouldn't be able to sustain it absolutely they do learn from getting the abundance of work and how to drop in and storytell right so it takes work yeah it does take work why do you think i'm a coach oh my god it takes a lot of work what's a little when you meet actors what's your little pet peeve what's a pet peeve for you does pet anyone, peeve when I meet them yeah, or when I represent a, them? Well, I, I know either. Who, either. I don't care. Either. I mean, when you meet them, is something that I, can... I think, I think, you know, one of my pet peeves is when they don't put 110% into each and every opportunity that they have in front of them. And when they take things for granted uh, that's created and, and put out in front of them and they show a lack of appreciation for it. I, I think that... Um, you know, it's it's really important uh, that we have to always do our very best in everything that we do. Mm. And um, you know, when, when I hear an actor who 
uh, isn't off book for an audition or didn't read the script because they didn't have time, there's really no excuse for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, have you, have to make, you have to make the time. You have to find the time. Or you have to be creative enough to have a dialogue with your team to say, hey, I need more time. Mm. You know. Um, and then let me just segue because you said being off book. And I think in, in the past, I used to say, hold your script and use it. And yes, do, do that. But I think the climate has changed. And I think that you're almost expected to be off book and know the life of that character and live it to the fullest and close the deal right then and there. What do you think? Do you think it's the same to hold the script or do you think everyone should be off book? I honestly think you should be off book and hold the sides. Okay, fine. So I, 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 th- I think it's a combination. I think the, the psychology of holding the sides in my mind is that you always give the impression to the creative team that's looking at you, whether it's a creative executive or the casting executive or the director or the artistic director or producer that are sitting in that room that you're auditioning for and you're holding that material even though you've memorized it and you're off book with it, they, they look at you and they think, oh, they're holding it because you know, they can actually do better than So it's what not the final the performance. Room. Exactly. So there's malleableness yes. and they can they can take direction because it's not the final performance because that's in your hand, but yet they know it. Yeah. I somewhat agree with that. Yeah. I do. I definitely agree with that. Okay, so um, so I wanted to ask you also, what are three positive pointers to give to the listeners that's going to help guide them in their careers? What you got, Michael? You know, that's an interesting question. Thanks. Um, because I, I, I think it's, it, it's really simple. And uh, it's almost like a mantra that mm. you can practice almost every day. Um, there is a, a writer by the name of Don Miguel Ruiz, and I read a book uh, many years ago that he wrote called The Four Agreements. And I'm going to give you the three positive pointers that he points out, and it's basically three out of four of the agreements. Mm. Agreement number one, never make any assumptions. Agreement number two, never take anything personally. And agreement number three, which we talked about five minutes ago, is always do your very best in everything that you do. So when, when, when you get an opportunity and uh, somebody gives you an opportunity to read for a, a film, it could be a short movie, it could be a student film, it, it, it could be a studio movie, it could be a television series, it doesn't matter, you never know where that producer, director, writer is then gonna be somewhere down the road. Um, everybody starts somewhere and I think the important thing is you gotta give 110% and work on your craft and um, and I think that's really important. And, and then it really, that all circles back to coaching. Mm. And it all circles back to working on your craft. Mm. So I, I, I think um, everybody should read The Four Agreements mm. because it's a real good one to put into your mindset because we're in a business where they're only gonna hire one person for each role. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly gonna be up against that factor and you can't take that personally. So when, when you get close on something and you don't get it or you don't get the feedback or you don't get the job, you just got to look at it from the glass half full. You've made a lasting impression with these people and hopefully they'll hire me somewhere down the road. And a good example mm-hmm. of that uh-huh. segue is um, there was, a, there was a, a director who used to sit and write up on uh, Sunset Boulevard in a little um, Thai restaurant. Hmm. And uh, there was an actress that I represent who met him in this restaurant. He came over to her and 
you know, he asked her her name and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm directing films. And, and she kind of was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I've heard the story before. <laughs> hundred people have come up to me in my lifetime exactly. uh, trying to tell me about the, the, the script or whatever they're, you know, they're, they're, they're writing. And so uh, he scribbled down on a piece of paper his name and number and gave it to her and said, you know, let's stay in touch because I think you're very interesting. And she didn't think anything of it, and she he wrote down her his name and number, and and that was Quentin Tarantino, and uh, you know at the time That's she amazing. didn't she didn't know who she was talking with, yeah of course, and she kind of you know took that piece of paper and then later looked at it and then and then I guess one of her friends recognized oh my God you just <laughs> met Quentin Tarantino in a, in a and and the story about it is is that years later. Um, he hired her five years later that is amazing. on a role in a film. And um, uh, it was the Bastards movie. Oh, and Glorious and, Bastards. Uh, and, I, and, I, and at that time, you know, we represented her. And it was interesting. When, when she got to set, um, he came to visit her in her dressing room. And he started calling her Cartier. And she goes, well, that's not my name. He goes, yeah, but I named you Cartier. I named you Cartier a long time ago. Oh, and she funny. goes, what? And, and he goes, give me your wrist. And he took out a Cartier bracelet and he put it on her wrist and he says you're Cartier and, wow. and it's just a weird interesting Quentin Tino story because I, he's just a, 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 so obscure and it was just you he know thought she, her. She he, she he thought about her he thought about her and he, moment. He, yep he thought I'm gonna cast her in a movie one day and and the other the other uh Quentin Tarantino story mm -hmm. that always blew me away was I met this actor who at one time uh, had worked for Quentin but you know he'd worked with Quentin in, in a different light. He wasn't an actor. Mm. And he had worked with him on um, on the set. And Quentin really took a liking to him. Yeah. And, you know, he was he was working in, in sort of some of the action stuff that he was doing. And uh, Quentin said, you know, I, I, I'm going to put you in one of my movies. And he was like, what? He was like, I'm not an actor. He goes, <laughs> Quentin's like, you are now. Oh, my God. And so he put him in one of his films. And... He said to me that he said he had this crazy experience where uh, Quentin flew him to the Cannes Film Festival, what? and they were they were walking. What are we down, getting to? Do we they know were who walking, this person is? Uh, oh they were God. walking down the red carpet, and he said all these light bulbs were going off. People were all the flashes oh were going. They were taking pictures, and he said it was the strangest thing because I had I had I had the producer on one side, I had Quentin Tarantino on the right side. And, and he was like, oh, this is overwhelming for me. Right? This is so overwhelming. And he goes, I'm not, like, I'm not an actor, but he stuck me in his film. Um, and, and, and it was an action film that he had done and, and, and crazy role that he had played. And, um, and basically, Quentin whispered in his ear as they're walking down the red carpet, and he goes, welcome to the big time, motherfucker. And he was, and, and, and it was just, it, it, it was just this this supporting actor that did a supporting role in one of his films. Wow! And it wasn't like someone that I love how broke we out. It's we just, we're talking about he, Quentin. He just <laughs> he's just one of those interesting guys. Yeah. That you never know. You, so the other thing is, is it's really amazing. It but to, sometimes yeah. you never know, and that's why you go you back gotta stay to stay open and connected and make never make any assumptions. Yeah. We always think everybody is hitting on us. Eh, you know. We're gonna we're gonna get those people that are gonna approach us in the coffee shop or the cafe, and I've got a script and I've got a movie, and 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 this is where I, I go to with that. The key is is you know embrace those moments when people approach you. Um, you never know when you're gonna build a relationship with somebody, and mm -hmm. and and the key is when you have a great manager 
in your life, you can then turn to them and say, here's my phone number. Yes. And here's my contact. Give your manager's number and contact yes. info. Because if they're, real, if they're real, yep. they're going to reach out. That's the bottom line. Yes. And, the, and, and, and that happened for both of these uh, performers in different ways. And I've, and I've had, you know, you, you asked me earlier about you know, when we were talking off the record about, you know, crazy stories yeah. and things that happen. And, you know, there are a lot of those crazy stories. There are. I mean, I... You I, never know who you're going to meet and where you, you're going to you, be. You, and you just, honestly never know. You never I, know. I, 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 I tell you one other very quick story. And I was, I was at a barbecue last week with a lot of producer and actors and directors and we're hanging out in the backyard and I, I kind of sticking, sitting in the corner because I really just, I like to observe everything. Yes. And this guy from New York is sitting next to me and he was the guy that was actually, he was the one that was doing the grilling in the barbecue. And he sat next to me and he goes, ah, LA. And I go, where are you from? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. And I, and I go, really? I said, you're from New York? He goes, I'm like a fish out of water living here. <laughs> and I go, how long you been here? He's like, oh, I've been here a couple of weeks. I go, really? And I didn't say anything much. And then he started talking and he goes, man, it's really hard out here. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, I was living in New York and I hate to admit this, but I was going through the program and I met this guy and the next thing I know, we're playing hockey together and that was Dennis Leary and another guy. And he says to me, you know, I think you'd be making a great character on my show, Rescue Me. And he goes, well, I'm not an actor. And Dennis is like, well, I think you should start taking acting classes. <laughs> so this guy's at the barbecue and, and he doesn't know what I do for a living at all. He doesn't know that I was an agent or a manager. And I just let him talk. And he went on and on and on to tell me the story, basically, of how he met Dennis Leary in New York. And Dennis Leary gave him a job. And he started out, he did one role as a co-star on Rescue Me. And he ended up doing... 35 episodes of the show. Unbelievable. And he said, you know, I never had an agent. I never had a manager. And he goes, and that was my biggest mistake in my career. And I'm like, listening to this guy, this guy still didn't know what I did for a living. <laughs> and I'm laughing. I go, why is that? He goes, because I didn't know how to handle myself. Yeah. And I just kept saying, when are you guys going to pay me more money? I, this is bullshit. Like, I'm making nothing and whatever. And he goes, they fired me. Oh. And he was like, I didn't understand why. And I turned to him when he said this to me and I said, let me tell you why. And he goes, he goes, who are you? What do you know? <laughs> I, I kind of laughed and I said, well, you need to be the yes guy all the time. My job is to be the no person. Right. Unfortunately, that's why not everybody's gonna love me because I'm the one who needs to help with the agent to ask for more money or a better trailer or a better circumstance for you. So the actor's job is to shut up, show up, yeah, and be, exactly. yes. exactly. Your job as the actor is to make friends, to get along with everybody, to not make waves, to be easy to work with. On time people. and tell a story. Exactly. On time and tell a story. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Mm -hmm. And so he said to me, he goes, I don't understand. You know, I was on the show. Next thing I know, and here I am acting. Now I'm like flipping burgers <laughs> for my friend. And I'm like painting houses. And I'm living in a guest house. And I don't have any money. And I'm like out here. And I'm seeing like I'm pursuing this thing as an actor. And I'm looking at all these people. And he goes, he looked at me. He goes, so what do you do? <laughs> and I started laughing. And he goes, what are you laughing about? I go, it's a good story. He goes, no, what do you do? I said, well, I was an agent for like. 24 years and 
I've been a manager now for five. He goes, oh my God, you let me just go on and on and on about my story. And, and, he, and he said it with like that real Brooklyn accent. And I said, well, it was a good story you were telling. I said, but w what I'm hearing is you didn't have a team of people helping you, helping market your yes, career, helping represent you. And as the artist, you need to stay the artist. You, you can't get into that whole discussion when, when they just want you to show up on time Shut up and, and show do the up. work. That's right. And when you started asking for more money and they wrote you off the show, God, that probably felt really bad. And also, when actors do have a team, and we're going to close on this though, when they do have a team, call your manager while you're on set or call your agent and complain to them and nobody else. Correct? Absolutely. Shut up and show up. You Absolutely. guys. Stay courteously aggressive, do whatever it takes out there, and have a happy life while you do it. Stay on that positive path. Michael, thank you You're so much for imbuing all your knowledge to everyone today. Appreciate it. Bye.